<laughs> You're so angry. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm Jen. I'm David. And we want to let you know about an exciting opportunity coming up in our church to help send our students to camp. As soon as you leave service today, there will be a table in the hallway with envelopes on them. On each of these envelopes, there are numbers ranging from 1 to 100. And it's your job to put the amount of money in the envelope that is on the envelope and make sure to have it back by June 9th so that way you can send your favorite students to camp. Me and David have been to camp a few times and we've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for all of your help. Good morning. My name is Mike. I'm a member of the worship team and also a small group leader here at One Church. We just want to thank you for being with us here this morning. If you're a first-time guest, we're so glad that you're here this morning. We hope that you feel right at home. We'd love to stay in touch with you, so go ahead and get out your phones and text CONNECT1C to 97000. Another way you can stay connected is through our One Church app. You can follow along with the sermon, see the big idea, and give online where we automate the important. So this afternoon at 2 o'clock, we're going to celebrate baptisms at our maiden new service at the church offices located at 2111 Trenton Road. We hope that you'll join us there. Now it's time for our sermon. Today, Chris will begin part one of a new series called Me and My Big Mouth. Hey. Hey, listen, um, which of these two ties do you prefer with this? You only want to ask about the ties? You, you feel good about all, all of this? Yeah, do you not like the ties? No, I'm not a blazing hot new Dorito. What? <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to say... No, I am not going for a young Cuban Kris Kringle look. No, I'm not. The pocket's not real. It actually doesn't go down all the way, so yes, I had to safety pin it. This is foreign. It's Italian, actually, and the guy's trunk had a bunch of these shirts in his Fiat. No, you didn't just say that. Ketchup bottle? Yeah, that's hilarious. I do so have a figure for this outfit, and you know it! You are just gorgeous, and I love you, but you are so mean! I have offered you my soul, and you have crushed it! Beige. This one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to OneChurch.tv. If we've not met before, my name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors here. And we're starting a new series today called Me and My Big Mouth. Now, this is really important uh, because I'm getting ready to ask you guys. We're going to say this series together. I never asked anybody to do this over the past 12 years I've been preaching here, but we're going to do it today. Are y'all ready to say it all together? Here it goes. Me and my big mouth. Now, here's the reason why I asked you to do that is because we're not talking about your wife and her big mouth or your husband and his big mouth or your boss and their big mouth or your mother-in-law and father-in-law and their big mouth. We're talking about who? Me and my big mouth. Exactly right, because this is a series for all of us. 
And it's going to be easy over the next four weeks to apply this to other people. But we're not here talking about other people. We're here talking about who? Me and my big mouth. Exactly right. So now let me go ahead and just, we're going to get to the bottom line of this series. So if you have to skip out or maybe you're going away on vacation or whatever, and I would love for you to tune in on Facebook Live or onechurch.churchonline.org. But if you happen to miss a week, here's a serious big idea. Here's it is. Let's all say it together. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Let's say it one more time. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, I want everybody to put your hands out, and we're going to do what middle school camp did, and we're going to do hand motions for this, okay? Some of y'all are already hating this. All right, this will be fun for me. Y'all ready? We're going to go be quick to listen. So that's what we do, quick to listen, hold them up quickly, and then slow to speak. Let's all say it. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. One more time. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Now we're going to say it one more time, and I want you to drag out the word slow. Y'all ready to do this? Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Good job. Give you guys a hand. You guys did great. Awesome. So now here's what's so, the reason why that's important, the reason why we're doing hand motions is because when you get into a conflict and you start butting heads with somebody and you get in an argument or have a difficult conversation, you know what just naturally happens? You start closing up your fist. And when you start closing up your fist, honestly, that's symbolic of you closing your ears and closing your heart. And our, you, our hands start to close up, our ears start to close up. And the reason in conflict, especially in an argument, maybe with your spouse or somebody that you really love, we all this, have all this stuff building up inside of us. We want, the reason why we're closing up is we want exactly what the other person we're arguing with wants as well. And here's what we want. We all want to be heard, right? You want to be heard. And not just heard, you want to be understood. That's a really big deal. I want you to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And guess what? You want me to be what? Quick to listen and slow to speak. So let's do it one more time. Ready? Be quick to listen slow to speak. All right, very good. And see, the reason why that is when we start closing up our fists and we have an argument is that you realize this. We may never agree, but we believe you got to listen to me. We may never agree, but you've got to listen to me. We may never agree on how we parent. We may never agree on this decision at work. We may never agree on how we spend money. We may never agree on what I should major in. We may never agree if she's right for me or he's right for me. But you know what? Even if we don't agree, I want you to listen to me. And if you have to say something, if you're going to interrupt then say something or interrupt with a grunt or at least let me know that you're hearing me and you're understanding me. You see, that's what we want. Because honestly, if you think about it, I can't really hear from you until I feel like you've heard from me. I really can't hear you until I feel like you've heard and comprehended and, uncomp and comprehended and understood what I have said. So we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So that's what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. Now, for some of you, if you've grown up in church, you realize this is not an original thought with me. I'm actually plagiarizing 
somebody in the Bible. And the somebody in the Bible I'm referring to, his name was James. He was James, and he had a kind of a famous brother. His brother was James, the brother of Jesus. Now, just let that sink in for a little bit. I mean, this is interesting that James, all during Jesus' life, James thought Jesus was a nut. He thought he was crazy. And here's the reason why is because he claimed to be the son of God. And what's so interesting about that is James is like, you're not the son of God. You're the son of Joseph, right? But he is claiming this, and, and they, I mean, James thought he needs to be in a nut house. It's in the Bible. You ought to read it. So all during Jesus' life, and think about it this. What would your, how many of y'all have older brothers? Let me see your hands. What would your other uh, older brother have to do to convince you that he's the son of God? Right? You're like, uh, <laughs> never. I would never have, well, that's where James was at. Can you imagine being the brother of Jesus? Somebody breaks a lamp, you know, uh, Mary and Joseph are like, well, we know it wasn't Jesus, Joseph, James, huh? I mean, seriously, it's kind of a bummer, right? But what's so interesting is that James and his mom, they were there when Jesus was crucified. And it was game over. But yet three days later, James is hanging out with his brother Jesus. And that's when James changed his mind about Jesus. In fact, this is so interesting. This is really not in our series and not where we're going, but I want to read to you. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 4. He's talking about Jesus. It says, he was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by, look at this, by who? By Peter and then by the 12. And look at this. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive though some have died. And then look at this last part. Then he was seen by who? James. You see, when you've seen your brother who claimed to be the son of God and he was crucified, and then 30 days later, 35 days later, you're hanging out and eating fish with him, you're probably going to be a believer. And if you're not a Christian, if the church is not your thing, just let just sit on that for a little bit. Because James, what's so interesting, James ended up giving his life not only for his brother, but for his Savior. James became one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. And James wrote a book. Anybody know the name of it? James. And it was the very first book written in the New Testament. Very interesting. And in this, we're going to see uh, some really cool things about being quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, if you're a lady here, I cannot overemphasize what what he emphasizes in this verse because back then, 2,000 years ago, ladies were property. They had no rights. There was no voting. I mean, they were just uh, almost cattle. But James, when he's speaking, here's what he says. He says this, my dear brothers and who? sisters. Let me tell you what's amazing about Christianity and Jesus and his brother James is Christianity always elevated the the, the preciousness of ladies. So if you're a lady here today, know this, that God loves you and that you, uh, God loves both brothers and who? Sisters. And then James says this, take note of this. He says, if you're going to take notes, Here's what I want you to understand. And here's what he says. He says, all right, everyone should be, here it is, 
Everyone, let's all say it. Everyone should be quick to listen. And look at that. We are to be quick to listen, which doesn't even quite make sense, right? How do you listen quickly? Right? I mean, that doesn't, those words really don't go together. But he asked, how do you speed up your hearing? You really can't. But yet, he puts these two words that really don't normally go together because he's trying to emphasize something. He's trying to make a very important point that what, and that's what communicators do. Here's the point. Your first priority, your number one thing in sequence, the most important thing relationally you can do is to be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Listen quickly. Make it first. Quickly, before you do anything else, listen, which is exactly, think about this, that's exactly what you want the other person you're communicating with to do, isn't it? You want them to be quick to listen. But he doesn't, he keeps on going. He says, you should be quick to listen. And then the rest of the verse says, slow to speak. Literally, the idea is to be late. That we are to wait and be late with our words. Wait and be late. And I would like to add, and if you would like to say something, at least be curious. If you're going to say something, ask a question, be curious. When the other person you're having conflict with, it's just going on and on and on, right? Be curious and ask a question. Now, I know what you're thinking. If I ask a question and they're going on and on, I ain't never going to be able to speak and get my idea out there. You're exactly right. In fact, ask three questions. Ask three questions. I mean, if they're just going to keep on talking, so you're, you're, you're not really listening while they're talking. You are kind of waiting for them to take a breath, and you're going to jump right in there, but you really haven't heard what they said. You haven't understood what they say. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. And the longer they speak, the quicker you are to listen. And get this, the quicker you are to listen, the quicker and I listen, the more you will understand. The more you will understand, the more you will learn. Now, if you're a parent, and how much, how much would I give if my children, and I have three, one of them's out of the house, and I have a one in high school and one in middle school, how, how I love for my kids to be curious so that when I'm talking, I would say, well, what, Dad, I don't quite understand that. Can you say it in a different way so that I can maybe learn it a little bit better? If my, if my kids ever did that, my mind would be exactly right. In fact, if you're a kid in here today, if you're a student, file this away in the back of your mind. Don't do it this week because they're going to know I've set you up. All right, but in a, you know about three or four weeks down the road, and you're kind of have your button heads, Dad. You know I don't. I really want to understand what you're saying, but I don't quite get kind of how you're putting this. Can you maybe restate it in a different way so that I can learn from you? <laughs> oh my gosh, you they're gonna you you will forget what you were arguing about, right? Because they will be in the floor. You will be doing CPR on them right? That's just will happen. Heart attack, done. Now, now I'm going to say this, and, and I'm going to flip this around because Kim, she's here today, and she would be able to test you. My worst parenting moments are when I was quick to speak and slow to listen. And some of you, that's maybe where you're at as well. Uh, you guys, I, I get emails, I get text messages because we ask people to text in their questions. 
And I get this all the time that, you know, a, 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 a woman, a mom who's just really angry with her kids and yells at her kids, and I'm struggling with this, and people text in, hey, what can I do? Let me tell you, this series is for you. Or maybe you're a man here, and you're just struggling with anger, and you don't listen well, and you get very defensive. Sometimes that's me. I can be very defensive. That I need to be quick, quick to listen, and slow to speak. And honestly, when I deal with my, kid, my, my, my kids, you know, and they have a problem, I kind of want to launch into that dead thing where I have all the wisdom bucket. And I've got the age bucket, and I've got the insight bucket, and I've got the authority bucket. And you need to stop talking like now because you don't even have frontal lobe development yet, right? So you need to stop talking, and I'm going to dump my age bucket, my experience bucket, my wisdom bucket. But you know what? When you dump all of that, you are dumping on them, and you wonder, how come they don't want to be with me? How come they don't listen to me? Parents, you need to know this. Husbands, you definitely need to know this. And wives, you need to know this, that you can write the person you love right out of the relationship. You can write the person you love right out of the relationship. You can write the person you love right out the door. You can write your all-star employee right out of the company. You can be right, 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 and you will write them right out of the relationship. Because I want to be understood, and you don't want to be lectured. And I'm willing to open, be open to your ideas if I think maybe even just for a moment you might even listen to my ideas. So we know this is important. We've been on both sides. If you're a parent in here, I know at one time you used to be a kid, right? And you've seen your kid's eyes glaze over when you kind of launch in and you start waxing eloquent and talking about the Milky Way and how you had to go uh, walk both hill. Uh, going uphill in the snow both ways going to school, right? They're like, I don't think that's even physically possible. (sighs) James would say, James would say, you are writing that person right out of the relationship. Now, here's the thing. If you are quick to listen and slow to speak, then this next part is going to be very easy for you because he continues. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and get this, and slow to become angry. Now, slow to become angry is both a result and a decision. If you are quick to listen and slow to speak, you will less likely be angry, and it's easier to kind of guard against your anger because you've decided up front, listen, I'm going to ask questions, and I'm not going to lecture, and I'm going to be curious. You see, all of us express anger differently, don't we? Like, I want to do a quick poll in here. I think there's two different types of people that express anger. There are people who are volcanoes. Volcanoes do what? Blow their top. Exactly right. I mean, they blow up. Anybody remember back, and I was very young at the time, but Mount St. Helens when it exploded, some of you were like, you are really old, and you are exactly right. So, I mean, when Mount St. Helens blew into the sky, oh my gosh. So, but there's another type of person. They're kind of crockpots. They they may blow up, um, but usually they don't. They just what? They simmer. So let's do a quick poll in here. How many of you guys would say you were a volcano? All right, very good, awesome. How many of you guys say that you're a crockpot? All right, so we're about half and half, half and half. Oh, you simmer till you blow up. Okay, all right. 
And, and honestly, many times that's what happens. At the end of the day, both of them are control issues. You see, when you're a volcano, you blow up because you feel like you've lost control and you're trying to control the situation. Or if you're a crockpot, you just kind of withdraw in yourself and your spouse asks you, what's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. Right? And, and you kind of withdraw into yourself. And some of you are like, well, that's kind of childish. Well, both can be childish. Blowing up. How many of y'all seen a two-year-old do a tantrum? Dear Lord, right? I tell you, if you haven't recently, go to Walmart. Throw that out there. Go to Walmart because it could be dinner and a show. So uh, <laughs> that's not my notes. I need to go. Ahead. So let's keep on going. So, so it says quick to listen and slow to sleep, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, what does it mean to be angry? Well, in this context that James is talking about, here's what he's talking about. Angry, to be angry, means drawing hasty, misinformed, relationally destructive conclusions. Let me re repeat that again. What he's talking about in this context is anger is to draw hasty, misinformed, relationally destructive conclusions. That's what he's talking about here. So here is James' formula. The longer you listen, the more you learn, and get this, the less angry you will be. There it is. The longer you listen the more you learn, and the less angry you will become. Now, here's why that works. What I'm about to tell you is just common sense, but have you ever noticed sometimes common sense is not that common anymore? I have, right? But some of you, you're like, well, when I say this, you're going to like, well, that wasn't deep at all, but I promise you it will be to some people because, now this is very important when you get into politics. How many of you, you got some friends, loved ones, relatives that you talk about politics? Let me see your hands. Used to, exactly right. You don't talk about it no more, right? But here, let's, let's kind of bring this from the political world, some of our hot buttons that we can talk about. Listen to this. Every, everything that everyone does makes sense to them. Think about that. Everything that everyone does makes sense to them, correct? Yeah. How about this one? Everything that everyone says makes sense to them. And it even gets worse than that. And I'd simply say this. This next part, if you're not a Christian, I'm just going to simply say this, and I mean this from all of our heart. We believe here at Once Your Step TV, we believe from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet that what you believe makes sense to you because everything that everyone believes makes sense to them. That's why you're never going to get judgment from us. And if for some reason you're not a Christ follower, you're not a Christian, you probably have good reasons not to be, and I understand that. But everything everyone does, everything everything says, and everything that everyone believes makes sense to them. So when you hear yourself saying or you catch yourself thinking, and here it is, I don't know why they would do that. Or I don't know why they would say that. Or I don't know why they would believe that. Who needs an education? Okay, let's, let's, let's go back and look. I don't know why they would do that, say that, believe it. Who needs an education? Let me give you a hint. Let's go to that next one. It is, I don't know. So if I don't know, who needs an education? It is us. Well, that means we need to be more curious. We need to ask more questions. And we have some learning to do. Well, some of us, we would just rather be, we would rather be critical. 
would rather find people, just kind of hang out with people who only think like us and say what we say and do what we do and believe what we would believe. And many of us would just, that's exactly what we do. If you get an education on what they're doing and why they're doing it, then it will make, it will make more sense and you might even join them. Well, we can't have that, so I'm just going to be ignorant, and I'm just going to hang out with the people who think like I think and do what I do. So we just sit around and we go, I, I can't believe they would do that. I can't believe he would vote that way or she would vote that way. Why would anybody else do that? Why would anybody else believe that? Why would anybody else say that? Well, guess what? Newsflash, they all have perfectly good reasons for what they do, what they say, and what they believe. So, if there's something you don't know, there's something that I can't believe my son would ever fill in the blank. I can't believe my daughter would say fill in the blank. Why my wife would fill in the blank, then this is, if there's something you don't know, that requires questions, not declarations. Think about that. There's something you don't know there needs to be less, well, let me tell you what I would do. And there needs to be, why would you, how would you tell me about why? Not little mini sermons, not little proclamations. Here's a bucket of wisdom that I can dump on you. No. James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. And when you do that, when you prioritize listening and learning and being slow, I want to be wait and be late with my words. You just might learn something and you won't get angry. Now, another person restated kind of what James says. His name is Stephen Covey. And some of you may have heard of Stephen Covey. He wrote a, a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And his fifth habit in this was simply this one. It's going to be on the screen. Seek first to understand then to be understood. Can we say that together? Seek first to, and then be exactly right. Now, honestly, we don't do this when we're in conflict, do we? We want to, we seek first to be understood, and hey, you better listen to me, you better understand me, and then I might listen to you, but we need to flip that. That means you have to ask questions. And let me tell you, I am very a highly opinionated person. If you don't know me, I am highly opini opinionated, and I, I have a lot of views about politics. I never do say them on Sunday morning because you don't care how I, my political leaning is. But I do have strong opinions. And I remember one time, uh, I was speaking with Carlo, Pastor Carlo, our teaching pastor, and we were talking about something, and I lit into something that I thought was a black and white issue, and, uh, and I just said something just out there. And I remember he said, well, no, and he, and he, he showed me a different perspective. Now, you need to know this. I still disagree, but listening to Carlo let me in on some insight that I didn't have. So here's what I, I think that I've just decided to do, that I'm not going to criticize anything I don't understand. And honestly, if most of us made that commitment, Facebook would be a whole lot more pleasant. Right? Because I can't believe and repost this and you're my brother from another mother and put this out there and six things. And I'm like, really? Come on. 
So I'm not going to criticize anything I don't understand, and I'm not going to criticize any idea I don't understand, and I'm not going to criticize anybody if I don't know their story. So it's just me stopping listening to talk radio has made me a more pleasant person. And I'm not always negative. You see, some of you are like, how many of y'all, you love watching the news? Let me see you. I got to be honest with you, my light, by the way, nobody's hand, I think, went up. Okay, okay, one person, two. Okay. I am not a big fan of the news. Because one of the things you get all the time is, what is it positive or is it negative? Negative. Now, and, and I just only, you get so much negative in you, guess what's going to ooze out of you? Negative. So sometimes I just think we need to make the commitment. We're not going to criticize anything that we don't understand. We're not going to criticize any idea we don't understand. We're going to ask questions. And whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, if we were more apt to ask questions and talk it out, I think that's what most people want. You see, I'm a fool to criticize you until I understand you, which requires more listening than speaking. Be quick to listen slow to speak. Now, if I stopped right there, we would be out 12 minutes early and y'all would be really happy, but I ain't stopping right here because James doesn't stop right here. He keeps on going. He says this, everyone should be, let's all do it. Ready? Quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because, and now he gives us the reason. He's going to tell us why. See, this isn't just a self-serving poise so that we can manipulate the conversation. So that if, I stay, if I stay calm in conflict, then I will win. That's not what James is doing. He says, no, no, that may be what you think is right, but he says this. Slow to come, become angry because human anger. Now, what is human anger? Human anger is when I don't get my way. <laughs> human anger is when I get frustrated. Human anger is what happens when I talk all the time and I don't listen very much. And he says, human anger does not produce the righteousness that who? That God desires. So there's three agendas here. There's Chris's agenda, there's your agenda, and then there's God's agenda. And if you're in conflict, there's your agenda, there's the other person's agenda, and there's God's agenda. And as long as you're trying to be right and convince them that you're right and to win the argument, that's your agenda. And then the other person is trying to be right and win the argument, that's their agenda. Where is God's agenda come in all of this? You see, here's the thing. Do you know that God has not come to take sides? God has come to take over? And if you are wanting just to be, and let's go politics again, if you worship the donkey or you worship the elephant, God is saying, no, no, no. I want you to worship me. Because here's the thing. Whoever gets into the White House, whoever gets in Congress, yes, you can have your opinions. Yes, you can have your morals and you can stand in your virtues and all of that. But at the end of the day, the one person you need to always vote for is Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ. Because he has not come to take sides, he has come to take over. You see, God has said, none of your rights are right. We can look at a different right, is what James is saying. There's comp competing agendas, and there's conflicting agendas, and my anger of not getting my way and trying to convince you and to convict you and to control you and to manipulate you, my anger produce, produces my rightness. 
the, how it says here is righteousness, but there's just a, that's, that's basically my rightness. What I think is right. That's what the word righteousness means. It just means rightness. And do you want to know what my rightness is? My rightness is simply this. I know I'm right. That's it. That's my rightness. I, the anger that my rightness produces, I know I'm right. I, I, I know that I'm right. I want you to know that I'm right. And I want everybody to know what? I'm right. You see, my anger and my frustration, my persuasion skills, all of this, it produces my rightness. But James is saying that's not the rightness or righteousness that God desires. It's not just so that you could say, I won or I'm right. You see, here's the thing. You want to be right at each other. Guess what God wants? God wants you to be right with one another. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. You see, you want to be right at one another. God says, no, I want you to be right with one another. You want to be right to win an argument, which means if I win, guess what? Somebody has to what? Lose, exactly. And by the way, if, you, have, if you've ever won an argument with your wife, has anybody ever won? The answer is no. No. See, God wants you to be right and to grow in relationship. We want to be right to win an argument. God says, no, I want you to be right with one another and grow a relationship. And I mean, honestly, again, let's just go to spouses. You know, you're like, no, I've won the argument. I won the argument. Where's your wife at? I don't know. She's done left, but I won the argument, right? And if you're not careful, you won the argument and you've lost the relationship. And that's the story of many of our parenting misadventures. We've been right. You won the argument, but you lost the relationship. Parents, again, we're terrible, but we can write our kids right out the door. And James is saying, that's not what God wants. That's God, this isn't God's side or your side. God came to take over, not to take sides. He wants you to be right with one another, not at one another. And the interesting thing about this, when you, when you read the New Testament, Jesus did not come to be right. Did you know that? He showed up. He is God. If he just showed up to be right, it would have taken all of 30 minutes, not 33 years. Here's what he had done. I'm right. You're wrong, 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 wrong. I don't know what you're thinking. Wrong, 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 wrong. I'm right. All right, I'm done. Jesus didn't do that, did he? He showed up. He was God in flesh. And he didn't come just to be right. He came to redeem the world to himself, to to reconcile relationships. You see, it wasn't about winning an argument. I'm right. You're wrong. It was about, no, I want you to be right with one another, with other people. And even more importantly, Jesus, this is right, Jesus came is to be right with my heavenly father. That's why Jesus came. And you need to know this, and this is, Jesus taught this all the time. If the two of you aren't right, it doesn't matter who's right. If the two of you have conflict and you're not right, by the way, you're not right with God. That's what Jesus says. You you don't win a relational argument. You don't win a fight in a marriage. There is no winner if there isn't things right between you. In fact, sometimes being right can actually make things worse. And here's our big idea today. Don't settle for being right. 
And see, that's what most of us do, don't we? We're facts people when the facts serve us, right? And, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. No, no. Our big idea is don't settle for being right, but make things right. See, that's what God is calling us to do. Because we are more important than me. You are more important than me being right. That's what we are to preserve the relationship. We will reconcile. We need to stay on the same page. And even if I believe, you know what, I can't believe you would believe that. And I don't know why. Remember, I don't know who needs the education. I do. So ask questions. So let's put it all together before we close today. Let's do this. Ready? My, bro- my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, by the way, everyone in the Greek, you know what that word means? Everyone. Everyone must be, let's do it, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. <laughs> well, if you're going to be quick to listen and slow to speak, why, James, why should we do this? Because human anger the anger of I got to be right and have my right way and I always got to win the argument. Human anger does not produce the rightness or righteousness that God desires because God desires for you to be right with one another, not right at one another. So be quick to listen, slow to speak. Now, this is important. Now, again, some of you, you're like, okay, how come the students aren't in here right now how come my child is in one-way street, and how come, and, and how come my spouse didn't come with me today? They need to, remember, what is, this, what is this series called? Me and my, exactly right. Now, you've heard James, you've heard James say this, but I want you to hear another person who said this. Back in 1980s, how many of y'all grew up in the 80s? All right. Well, today, we got a treat for you today because we are going to see how Run DMC does this. Shut up! And this is Eddie. Y'all give it up. You talk too much. You talk too much. You talk too much. You talk. Is cheap. I said, you talk 